Clean Podcast One. I'm so glad you decided to give it a chance and to listen to this important series. Wherever you are in your Christian life, young, um, middle-aged, at the end, perhaps you're at the beginning of a new year, or in the middle and things are slow, or you want to end strong. Our series on clean will meet many needs. In the introduction, we looked at 2 Timothy 2, and we saw that the Lord will use us. We are vessels. Vessels are made of different materials, but it's the clean vessel that the Lord will use. And this is not just in Paul's letters. Jesus says the same in Matthew 23. Uh, May I read from this important passage, which urges us not to be confused. It's not enough just to look good. It's got to be true inside. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. If you reach into the cabinet for a cup, let's say you want some tea or coffee or glass, maybe a glass of water, and you realize that, oh, I can feel something on the outside of the cup, something sticky, something stuck on from the last person. What do you do? You think nothing of it? I mean, I think I'm, I'm tempted to, to feel inside as well. Does this thing need to be washed all over again? But very few people would say, it doesn't matter uh, if it's clean. If you're giving water to your dog, maybe that's a bit different matter. But we, we expect things to be clean and hygienic at the physical level. We need to think that way spiritually too. Otherwise, we may be respected as good Christians, as uh, honorable disciples. But inside is self. Greed and self-indulgence. I was having coffee with a friend one day in Sweden when we lived there in my house. My wife was in the kitchen actually preparing dinner. We were having herring. Um, She was just cutting the heads off them and getting everything ready. And my friend said, oh, no, no, I'll get your coffee for you. Uh, Normal, you know, uh, black, but uh, yeah, just a little bit of of, uh, milk. I said, yeah. So I went into the other room and he he comes out a couple minutes later, sets the coffee cup down. I thank him. He's got this big smile on his face. I wonder why, but I, I have a sip. Seems good. And then his smile gets even bigger. And then I taste it again and I put two and two together. I stick my finger into, the water's not boiling because some milk has been added. I stick it down and I pull out a fish head, the head of a herring inside my coffee. Needless to say, I didn't drink the rest of that. And I've never found fish as a, a suitable addition uh, to, to a beverage like coffee. Well, that, that, was a, that was a good one. The inside of the cup was full of something else, but you couldn't tell. You just couldn't tell because the waters were murky. And I think that's like behavior. Sometimes our behavior can just be murky. You know, the Bible distinguishes uh, purity and cleansing on multiple levels. It's not just, are you a good person or a bad person? Are you focused or not? Are you clean or dirty? Um, it's focused on multiple levels. Firstly, from actions to words to thoughts to 
motives um, to what's in the heart, even the conscience. At that deepest level, level four, we may not be aware. The Bible says it's difficult for us to even know our motives or our heart. At level three, our words, though, I mean, our, our thoughts uh, emerge from that heart, and then they take shape in level two, words. That's why Jesus says, out of the mouth comes the overflow of the heart. And then there's level one, which is not just thinking of something or talking about it, but actually doing it. So we want to be clean at all levels. And this is important because the scriptures emphasize this in so many different places, like the Psalms, where we will land now for a moment. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, etc. That's Psalm 24.4. Clean hands, pure heart. And we got different levels there. The pure heart, level four, clean hands will be level one. That's your actions, what we do. Psalm 73.1. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Huge scriptural theme. A well-known verse Psalm 119.9, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? Our hearts must be guarded. And God's word, as we obey his voice, do what he says, uh, is, is the way forward. Now, I would like to devote the rest of this to two Psalms in particular. We'll look at part of Psalm 19 and then also Psalm 15. In Psalm 19, we read that the heavens speak God's glory. God speaks to us even through nature, through the universe. And then the next section of that psalm says that he speaks to us through scripture, the law of the Lord, the statutes, precepts, commands, fear of the Lord, the decrees of the Lord. And these commands of God are more precious than gold, sweeter than honey. Uh, by them, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Let's focus on um, verse 12 to the end. Who can discern his hidden errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. Let it not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Can you see the, the need for honesty, for purity at all levels? Things we do, whether we're aware of them or not, and those hidden sins are not things we're, we're doing and covering up so no one will see. I think they're things that we're not able to discern. So we distinguish two kinds of action, uh, sins that we, we know are wrong and sins that we're just unaware of, we're out, we're, we're clueless. But he also prays at the other levels, the words, the words of his mouth, and even the meditation of his heart. You know, it's the things that we think about and what underlies those things. This is the kind of purity. I, I chose Psalm 19 because too often purity is defined in a very narrow way, as though it only refers to one kind of sin, and that's just not right. We want to be pure, and we are impure in multiple ways, and we no more want to play with that or, or not take it seriously than we want to drink beverages with fish heads in them. We want, we expect, we have a right to have pure drink, and the Lord has every right to expect purity in us. Now, Psalm 15 describes the kind of person who can be in God's presence with his approval. The holy hill we'll read about is Zion in Israel, in Jerusalem. 
The tent refers to the temple or, or perhaps to the tabernacle. Let's look at this great Psalm 15, just five verses. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart and does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. See, it's all about how we are with other people, you know, our ethical life. In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his moneyed interest, does not take a bribe against the innocent, who does these things shall never be moved. Now that is a very practical psalm. It, it has to do with what we say, how we represent others, uh, our, our financial motives and practices, uh, really being a man or woman of integrity. I mean, for example, it's easy for us to justify compromise when we're not happy, when we're tired. We tend not to reach out as much or react well to criticism. When we are disillusioned, uh, we can be jaded and, and negative. If we're not happy in our church situation, we can be tempted to hold back contribution. Now, through our 40 years or so as Christians, there, there have been plenty of times where my wife and I have been less than thrilled with how things are going, but we, we never held back contribution um, to indicate our, our dissatisfaction, you know, or to, to somehow punish the church. We want to be consistent, consistently giving, uh, using our money to help meet practical needs and, and the poor. And, and this psalm ends in that way uh, with the prohibition of, uh, of seeking to lend money for interest or, or taking a bribe. I remember one of the brothers in the London church had been involved in, well, to say shady dealings is quite a complimentary way. He had one unclosed business deal. Uh, he was a Colombian drug dealer. Uh, he was involved with one of the cartels. And uh, he had already made the, the shipment, delivered, and he was waiting for a pay, 50,000 pounds. That time around $100,000. And he wanted to know if it'd be okay if he at least got that money before he's baptized because it's a lot of money and he could give a lot of it to the church. And the brothers said, no way. And I respect them for resisting whatever temptation it might have been to accept, you know, filthy lucre. And I respect this, this future disciple even more because he said, you're right. I'll cut my losses there. I'll walk away. Just walk away. It's not worth my soul just for the sake of money. Oh, this could apply in so many ways. It's not worth my soul to have to work so hard to make so much money to have a lifestyle that's beyond my means. Oh, I wish more men would think that way. But you can see that this kind of psalm has broad, very broad indeed, applications. Okay? I can mention a few. Not living a double life. So purity is integrity. Integrity means wholeness or being together from the Latin word integer or integer which means complete or entire, a whole life, not two partial lives. For a year, my wife and I worked with a couple. We had helped them to plant a church. Things were going kind of funny in the marriage. And my wife, she has a good nose for these things. She said, something's not right, but she didn't know what. She had some hunches 
but there was no proof. Well, a few years later, and, and we had worked with the couple for a year, and then they had had to go somewhere else because they weren't able to inspire the group. Well, why not? As we found out a few years later that he'd been going into convenience shops and picking up girls. He's a married man with kids and a serial adulterer. No, not just one uh, affair. This was like, you know, once a week, go down to 7-Eleven and pick up a different girl. How? I could look at him and, and say, how could he do that? How could he cover it up? But then I realized, you know, I'm pretty good at covering things up. If things aren't good and people ask me how I am, I know how to spin it. I know how to, to put a positive uh, uh, interpretation on things, draw a happy face on you know what's not really that happy. I think we can all do that. And that's why the Psalms push us to search our hearts, every nook and cranny. We want it to be devoted to God at every level, right? Actions, words, thoughts, um, even the meditation of our heart. The psalm speaks of integrity in our speech, not just the purity of our speech. It always is painful to me when I hear a, a, an ex-Christian using profanity, someone who had once been pure and clean. It's more than that. Purity for our own body, you know, trusting. Well, it is entrusted to us, but, but giving back to God something, giving him, offering him our bodies in purity, not gluttony, not smoking or getting drunk or even a sedentary lifestyle, but, but understand he's given us our bodies when you take care of it. Being men and women of our word, keeping promises, making deadlines, living a life centered on God, not just as a theoretical ideal, but an actuality. We shouldn't have to say, well, I know I don't look committed, but deep in my heart I am. No, from our words and our deeds, it should be obvious by our fruits, people will know us. All of us need to strive for purity. For as the Hebrew writer reminded us, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Come back tomorrow for the next podcast, which will be Purity in Proverbs. Thanks for listening.